Hi everybody, Chief from the Future here. I just wanted to come on and give you guys a quick little trigger warning for this episode. We will be talking about mental health, and with that comes some discussions about suicide, suicidal ideation, depression, and anxiety. I understand that sometimes people don't want to listen to that, or it might bring up triggering feelings or emotions. And so with that, I wanted to give you the go-ahead to turn off this podcast, don't listen to this episode, and maybe wait for the next one, if you feel like that might bring you some feelings that you don't want to feel today. If you're okay with that, feel free to listen ahead, and we appreciate you coming in and supporting us, but we wanted to take care of the mental health of our listeners before anything. Well, hello. Uh, I'm Chaotic Katie, otherwise known as Katie, and I'm with... Chief Keef, or you can just call me Chief, and welcome to the Meddling Gays Podcast. Where the gay don't quit, and neither do our mouths. Episode two, and... Um, Episode two. Yeah, I know, so exciting. Um, so before we get into everything, I just wanted to say a special thank you to all of our listeners who've listened to our first episode of this podcast. Guys, the support that we received has been literally so insane um, because this project kind of, you know, it was born out of really an urge that I had for a long time. And Katie and I got into a call one day, we're just chatting and having a great old time. And I was like, Katie, what if we did a podcast? And <laughs> Katie being as wonderful as they are was like, oh yeah, let's do it. And uh, it, it, it had a quick turnaround and it was so fantastic. And recording that first episode was so much fun. And then getting on Twitter and seeing kind of just the outpour that you guys had of love the and support love. for us. It was so nice. And um, the, the couple of you who have left reviews already on Apple Podcasts, like, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It, it means the world to us. Um, so yeah, with that, uh, Katie, what are we talking about today? Mental health talking about mental health baby (laughs) yeah or my lack of it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, if you're gay are you mentally healthy like are you are you okay (laughs) because i don't think you are i that's more of a uh not a condition of the you know the of the being the gay it's a more a condition of the being in the society Being in the society and being like just kind of in the know with things, you know. I don't want to be in a society anymore. It's exhausting. No, <laughs> exactly. Well, I feel like with being queer, it comes being generally a leftist as well. And being a leftist is already just like. It's a whole bag of cats. Ooh, every it's little a bag thing. of fucking cats. It is. Because <laughs> every little thing you're like, oh, but. How does this affect everybody else? The world is crumbling and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. (laughs) I feel (laughs) as a millennial, the world has been crumbling since my inception. So I'm just like, you know, it gonna crumble. It gonna crumble. I'm just trying to work my way out of the rubble. Yeah, yeah. I can. Well, the world crumbling around us at this point. (laughs) The world crumbling around us is just a a condition. It's the human condition. (laughs) Yeah, I no longer panic about it anymore. (laughs) I'm just like, I've never not been in wartime. Don't know what that's like. Sorry. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, no, I mentioned that to my mom. I was born in 1991. Uh, We were literally uh, getting out of and then into another conflict. And so I have never once in my existence not been in wartime somewhere 
we've been a part of it. So I'm just, I, I, man. Oh my. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything else. Like it's always been this. This has always been bad. It's well, never not I, been good. And I was, I mean, I was born in the, the year leading up to 9-11. So like, honestly, knowing. I don't wanna. <laughs> I mean, I was I was born I was in early two thousand. Grade. No, I know, I know, but like, I was born in early two thousand. So it's like I I don't remember the time before nine eleven, but I certainly remember all the time after it. Um, and oh, it's yeah. like so I've never known like peace at all either. It's just like yeah. Oh great, what and then oil wars and everything going on there. Oh yeah, and that's and that's oh, just yeah. the world abroad. That's not even talking. I mean, it's we have a shithole happening in here right now <laughs> in the United oh, yeah. States. Yeah, and it has uh, been one for a while. So that all said, you can uh, hear from our distress about the world that uh, mental health is often affected by the things around us. Oh yes, all it that is fun stuff. Um, you think about you know the backdoor stuff, the stuff right there in your city, in your town, in your neighborhood. That shit that affects you on the day to day. But then mm-hmm. you think about the world at large. It just it, I'm like I'm a tiny me. How do I just a small me change it? Uh, and the answer is do your best. <laughs> yeah, well, and I I think that's an interesting perspective too, because you know what 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 is it that you let affect your mental health too? You know, it's oh yeah. Because for to me, you know, do I do I let the do I let the shitty roads and the the traffic problems in my town that like could probably be easily fixed, but constantly might make me late to work or just like stress me out while I'm driving, cause accidents? You know, is that a, a, an effect on my mental health, or should I be more worried about like the global economy crashing and cryptocurrency becoming just like way too big and nfts taking over the world like that all stresses me out and gives me anxiety and depression so you know but like which ones which ones are gonna affect me you know the things that are like directly tangible and right next to me or is it gonna be these giant concepts in the world at large (laughs) well and that actually touched on a thing i wanted to talk about so you said depressed yeah now um this is where i ask um for anybody using language, always be aware that there's someone walking around with a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and if yeah. you're using it colloquially, colloquially or as in slang, that's fine. That's dandy. But just make sure you're not claiming it like it's a badge of fucking honor. That shit drives me crazy because as a person yeah. with actual doctor diagnosed anxiety and depression i get annoyed <laughs> well i so okay i will say that i i think there is a i think there's a distinction with the language and and that being yeah saying that i am depressed i think doesn't require a diagnosis because you can be depressed without a diagnosis oh, totally. it's it's a state of being however to say i have depression and not being diagnosed that's a different situation <laughs> yes and that's where my distinction gets in i'm you use colloquially in the I'm depressed. That's fine. It means big sad. I have the big sad. That is a state of being. I am the big sad right now. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Good, good. Yep. The one that that's says that's what happens like to me diagnosis. every time you say you hate Star Wars. Uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I threatened to smite you in episode one. I'll do it again. <laughs> I'll smite you in episode two, oh. motherfucker. You're you're gonna have to beat God to the punch because I've asked him to do it many a times. <laughs> right oh gosh anyway yeah uh definitely yeah the the diagnosis thing is a it's a it's a big one because you know and that goes into like anxiety it goes into i mean one that really really personally gets me um to open up a little bit is uh i'm i'm diagnosed with bipolar 2 
I take medication on the daily to help keep my brain in balance. Um, and whenever I, I hear people, yeah, I do. I do take my medication. Um, but whenever I hear people who are like, oh, I'm so bipolar and it's Ooh, just because yeah. they like mm-hmm. switch decisions. I'm like, do you know the plight? <laughs> do you know the plight? Yeah, of that's being... not the same thing as being mercurial, which is the word I used in your chat today. Mercurial. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> I told you in chat, it means that your um, emotions are not stable and you make decisions out of snap judgment. They're not, oh, you know. Oh, I didn't you know you were like, defining it. I thought you were just saying that about one of the chatters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was um, defining it. <laughs> oh, my God. It worked in both situations, I guess. But um, It's fine. It's yeah, fine. no. I mean, um, that's, yeah. that's certainly the, the case because, you know, as a, as, as a person with bipolar, like, my, my day-to-day is, like, I wake up and I'm like, is today the day that the brain flips and I decide to be, you know, on the opposite side of the spectrum? Because what I think people have is a misconception of bipolar is that it's, like, a, a very quick thing. I think people think it's a very short-term condition and that it directly, if, like, has to do with, like, your emotion much more so than they think it has to do with your mood. And it's actually the opposite. Um, yeah. Because for... I've got a lot of friends who have bipolar disorder. Yeah. And they talk for, about for, how it's really misunderstood. Yeah, well, because, like, so for bipolar 1, you're talking about really long periods of time. Generally, you're talking, like, moods that last for, like, a month or two months. And you're talking bipolar 2 being things that maybe are on a time scale of, like, a couple days to weeks, you know? Um, so with, like, bipolar 2, it's, you know, I'm, I'm depressed for two or three weeks at a time, and then all of a sudden I am manic. I am manic as fuck. <laughs> Sometimes there's a gap. Sometimes there's not, but then I'm, you know, I, I get in these moods where I'm like, I'm invincible. I can spend all my money. I'm rich. I can just do whatever I so feel on a whim. And then once that high disappears, it is a crippling, spiraling. I mean, I am falling off the 12th step into. Oh, no. Okay. So here's a question for you. Yeah. Because I don't have bipolar disorder. I'm not familiar with what it's like personally. I am familiar with the feeling of being out of control, but that's a different that's a different story. Ask me later. Um, I have done the spending thing because that's part of depression for me was like the insane spending. I am currently pulling myself out of that particular idiocy. Um, <laughs> don't give 18 year olds credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I never got one. Thank God. No, the seriously, you saved yourself. Like, I, yeah, you saved yourself. the amount of I mean, I remember there was a time when I was high school, and this was before I was ever diagnosed, so I didn't actually know that this was the reasoning for this, but um, when I was in high school, I had a job, and I it was like summertime, so I was able to work like full-time over the summer as a high schooler. So I was getting like, and I got paid weekly, so I was getting like $400 paychecks every week, um, and I remember I would spend that in a day. There was actually a period of time where I, I got a paycheck. I had like $1,000 in my bank account. Like a day and a half later, I had like $3. Oh, bestie. Oh, bestie. And like my dad was so mad at me. Like I couldn't afford gas for my car to get me to work. I had to bum it off of a friend. Oh, and no. like uh, I got chewed out so bad from my dad. And my friend was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, why would you make such a terrible decision? And, you know, that's that's where we're <laughs> that's where I was at. And things like that still happen uh, on occasion. Thankfully, never that bad. But, you know, I I'll just wake up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, everything in life is going so well. I check my bank account. And I'm like, I have a thousand dollars in my checking, like time to go buy um you know 14 video games let me buy everything for my friends let me go on twitch and gift 20 subs to a random content creator who i have been watching like you know those are like things that just happen especially when i was not medicated 
Um, I remember especially is it easier like, now that you're medicated. Now that I'm medicated, the 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 kind of the highs and the lows are much like the peaks are lower. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, totally. Because I, I still I still definitely and thankfully now like I don't really even experience it as much now that I'm medicated. But you know I would have um especially like right right before I really started seeking help like I I distinctly remember there was a time I stayed up for five days in a row um during those five days I went to work I went to school I streamed and then I watched streams I think I spent probably cumulatively over that five day period I think I spent about 500 to 600 dollars on twitch um gifting subs to content creators giving bits giving like uh, Streamlabs donations, like all all sorts of stuff like that. I was I was off my rocker, and then I crashed, had a suicide attempt, slept for four days, and then I went and saw a doctor. Oh, bestie! Uh, this is so... why I wish I could give you a little hug, you cute little sweet bean. And that that's all in the background, but like you know that that's that's bipolar. That that's what bipolar is like. You know that's that's like peak like awful mental health bipolar disorder. So whenever I hear people like they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I love coffee. Just kidding. I hate it. I'm so bipolar. I'm like, die. <laughs> like, please. I'm like, yeah, you don't it's understand. A, it's one of those things that it, feel, it feels like they're making fun of you in a way, you know. Um, yeah, and I know, it's fine I know if I make time... fun of myself, but you can't make fun of me. That's mean. Yeah, well, and especially like that, like it's, you know, I know that they're not directly making fun of people who do have that, but it's just, it's that, you know, that lack of knowledge, that lack of education on what a condition actually is. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's me being like, I know you don't mean to offend me, but also you not knowing my struggle and then comparing your, your indecisiveness or your, you know, slight temperament to what has been a lifelong struggle that I have only in the past like year and a half actually come to terms with and treated. It's, you know, it hurts a little bit whenever it's minimized to just like, uh-huh, I change my mind sometimes. And then I'm like, OK, what what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, when did you get your diagnosis? Like, what, how old were you? Um, it was actually uh, just over a year ago. I got it in, I believe it was oh. March of 2021. I was finally diagnosed and I'd been to therapy and to other kind of like psychiatrists and psychologists um since I was I think I started going to therapy when I was like 11 or 12 um oh wow but it was okay. it was always you know uh like generalized anxiety disorder and general depression um those mm-hmm. were the things I was always diagnosed with and I think at the time maybe that was a proper diagnosis maybe that was what it was but as I as I kind of started to mature and I started to learn that there were like other things that kind of fit into that bubble that weren't just those things um I went and I talked to my doctor and I was like here's what's going on because like something that I've struggled with more recently in the past couple years has been insomnia um Mm. anyone who's kind of talked to me over the past year or so knows that like I sometimes don't sleep for days (laughs) and it it kind of wrecks my mental health but um it just got to a point where I was I was non-functional and I was I went to the doctor I was like I'm I have insomnia I'm not sleeping and then they were like all right we're gonna get you like a psych appointment because you've also talked about being depressed and like having some other things going on talk to a psychiatrist and they were like yeah that's like textbook bipolar 2 <laughs> so they were like we're <laughs> gonna try some medication on you do what we can do and now that medication that shit will knock me out not really right. it doesn't actually knock me out they actually but like um now that I, I'm on it on a daily basis like I I get tired and I like it. Like I get tired oh, yeah. around bedtime and then I sleep and I sleep my eight hours and I f- wake up feeling absolutely fucking refreshed. 
and ready to wow what's that like i'd love to know what that's like (laughs) i I didn't know what it was like for 21 years of my life and then i was like oh Oh, i'm 31 and i still don't know what a good night's rest is sometimes like i'm like i wake up in the morning get out of bed and i'm like today's the day i fight god I'm ready Meanwhile, to go. I wake up and I roll over and I look at the clock and I'm like, fuck, I lived again. <laughs> Why am I still here? Well, it's also like um, the, the working in an industry where I get to drink caffeine like eight times a day. Yeah, day I want. that keeps me going. Fucking weird. <laughs> it's, I, I I've actually been spite and bitchiness. <laughs> I've been cutting down recently, actually. I've been trying really hard because it was getting uh, I was getting a little caffeine dependent. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to cut down a little bit. So now I, I like, I just try to get like one coffee drink in my body within the first hour of working. And that's pretty much what I need for the day. Everything else is like me drinking for taste, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. I don't drink caffeine. I love that for you. Uh, Well, (laughs) it's not so much a, like, I don't judge caffeine. Like, it's fine. I get migraines though. Like I have a chronic migraine condition. I currently have one. So I'm going on day four. Hey. Also, you're um, a champ this recording is... this podcast, listening to this gay-ass voice with <laughs> a migraine. A four-day migraine. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're yeah, listening I've... to me speak. I can't listen to myself without getting a headache. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I've sat in your chat long enough. You'd think I'd get migraines from you by now, but I don't. Honestly. Um, <laughs> I don't. You don't bother me. Oh, um, certain voices will get to me, but like, there's certain people that I can listen to and I'm just fine. Um. I, I don't like listening to myself, frankly. Who does? Uh, listening back to this podcast was the most mind-numbing thing I've ever done because I had to listen to myself <laughs> talk. And I was like, this is why people don't like you. <laughs> I was like, have you heard yourself talk? No wonder you have no friends, you stupid bitch. What's I wrong mean, with you? <laughs> I'm just like, who's this Mickey Mouse bitch who's speaking through my, then it's me. And I'm like, hot dog, welcome in, everybody. And no. it's I fucking no. hate it. No, uh-uh. but that, in my head, I sound like him all the time anyways. I <laughs> oh swear to God, God, if someone donates like $100 to the podcast, I will do a whole episode in Southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll God. do it. Watch me. <laughs> a- April 1st, I'm going to do the, we're going to drop one. And it's going to be a whole pot of me speaking in a Mickey voice. I swear to God, I'll do it. I- I won't show up. I will not show up. I don't think you understand. I don't like Disney stuff. Um, oh, me. As, like, I like Disney movies, but I don't like Disney stuff. I'm not a Disney adult. Oh, I don't, no, me I either. didn't like Disney as a fucking no, kid. My mom Disney, Disney adults Disney freak me out. Those adults who are like, like I, I go to Disneyland all the time. This. I'm like, who are you? Why are you? Like, like, chase your bliss or whatever the fuck. But I'm, I'm not that bitch. It's not for me. I'm not about it. I don't care. I love the movies. I'm going to watch the movies. I'm going to buy the merch I like from the comfort of my own bed. I'm not going to go to Disney. <laughs> you cannot yeah. make me go to Disney. The well, only also- thing I would do as an adult person now with adult money is go to Epcot. That I would mm. do because food Pop and off Epcot, honestly. Well, also, you know, Epcot's being the best thing. It's the being, best one. Being someone who's mentally ill as well, I must say that um, my. Oh, crowds? <laughs> my, no, thank you. Well, crowds and also my mental health doesn't allow me to be in a situation where I am not in control in an amusement park and amusement park rides is my own personal hell. Like if yeah, you want no, to make you. if you want to make a grown person cry, put me on a roller coaster. I will cry. Yeah, I don't. I don't I do don't, that shit. I don't it's not do for that. me. I don't mind amusement park rides. That doesn't scare me. Um, certain. I'll do the teacups. Spook me. I'll do the teacups. Teacups, Get me on the teacups, bitch. 
Give me on the. I, I, yeah. will, I will be fucking. I, 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 I like will generate G forces. This I planet love a has fucking never tilt seen. Whirl. Take me to the carnival oh. and go on the tilt a whirl. I'm about honestly. it. Honestly. Um, but honestly, I'm just there for the pink and blue cotton candy. I'm not gonna lie to you. I want the cotton candy, and then I want to get the fuck out. I want the cotton candy. I want to look at some goats. I want to see some sheep. Uh, I, I want to visit the cats. I'm now talking about state fairs. What? <laughs> if anyone is uh, missing would, well, this. Uh, yeah, speaking of state fair, what's the most cursed like carnival slash uh, state fair food you've ever seen? Because I know mine. Cursed? Yeah, just like the oh, most cursed I saw one. this TikTok the other day, and it was like a baguette that they cut in half, and then they were putting a giant like kebab in it, and then someone said, this is what DP is like, and I've not been able to forget <laughs> it since. <laughs> Or like you know they were and then and, and then I kept thinking yeah but this reminds me of those like dragon dildos that they make from like I forget the name of the company but those like famous ones and they like they have the fake cum or whatever that's what it reminded me of because it was juicy and it was like the juices were like melting out of it it was so greasy I don't know man it wasn't for me you made that sound so much worse than what mine was gonna be because mine was like so tame compared to that comparison you just made. <laughs> fucking calling the food a bad dragon dildo my good god bad dragon that's what it was Christ on a fucking cracker (laughs) oh my god (laughs) whatever dude (laughs) i was just gonna say i saw deep fried butter one time but i think you have me beat i mean deep fried butter just sounds like a good time i'm from the south how the fuck i'm not from the south but i'm southern like that is that's that's heart problems right there so is anything that's, fried, that's, motherfucker. No, that's Embrace heart, the chaos. Just straight up butter deep fried. Are you eating it every day? No, but then some people up. might be. Some people might be. I feel like well, that would that's give, a them and their doctor problem. <laughs> I feel like that would give you high cholesterol in one bite. No. <laughs> this is the vibe it gives. It's, no. it's, it's giving high cholesterol. It's giving you need Honey Nut Cheerios. It's giving. All right. <laughs> mental health because you just ruined mine with the fucking <laughs> like it's not my fault um well you kind of answered my question of, like what is your experience with mental health um yeah. you kind of answered that already uh and you kind of sort of talked about where you're at with your mental health journey do you want to know how i came across all my shit because i thought i was perfect what if i said let me no. just put that that'd be really funny just it would be I very funny. We could just end the podcast here. Just stop. Do you want to know about no, mine? No, I don't want to know. No. Thanks for listening to the pod, everybody. <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> Gay elevator music plays and we fade oh out. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned like the one, the bad night, the bad mm. thing where there was a, a bad thing. Yeah. I have never had. Let me let me just take y'all y'all back. I have been high achieving my whole ex- entire life. I've never not been high achieving. I don't know how to not be high achieving. Yeah. It's both a personality defect and my, in- and it was at the time, my entire personality in a nutshell. Like I am high achieving, perfect girl, mm. not perfect, perfect, but perfect in as much as like I was the shit and I knew I was the shit and that was the shit. It was great. Um, until of course, uh, you know what happens when you take someone who is potentially with mental illness and you take them outside of structure? Uh, thank you for describing what has been my college experience. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, first year of college. Now this is all to say I did college in high school. I knew what college was like already. I was already halfway there. Uh, You Um, knew what college work was like. You didn't know what college was like. So I knew what college work was like. 
I was already very comfortable with like a college schedule, all of that. I scheduled myself with four classes my freshman year. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. That was mistake one. Uh, week one of that, I went, mm, I'm going to drop this class because that seems like a bad time. So I just mm-hmm. dropped one of my like electives. I was like, no, nope, I don't need that one. I'm going to drop it. Which, you know, valid. Everybody should do that. Really, what I did is I wanted to like figure out what I wanted to do by like going to the first day. And so I figured out day one, not for me. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I go through a whole semester. <laughs> I or a whole quarter. My college doesn't quarter systems. I go through the next one. I'm doing okay. And then I get to quarter, the midpoint of quarter two. Shit hits the fan. I'm taking an 8 a.m. class. I'm taking a microeconomics class, which, by the way, I'm gay. I don't know how to do math. Yeah. And same. I hadn't taken math in a year and a half. You're talking to someone who did three years of computer science and can't do math. I yeah, can't. I don't I know why you did that to yourself. At I, least I was smart and chose an art. I did, <laughs> I did calculus one. I did calculus two. See, and I, I got tried to, to get, and quit. And I tried to get through linear algebra and anyone who's listening if you've ever taken linear algebra you know the kind of hell that it is because it is it is abstract fucking algebra I, it I is can't dumb stand that shit. yeah i literally in one ear out the other i failed that class well i was failing that class once i withdrew from the course and then yeah. the following semester i was like let's give this the old college try again failed <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> Took for whatever it again failed a second time yeah Oh, and, and, and I reached I reached like two months in and I was like, I'm not passing this class. I'm not withdrawing again. I was just like, I'm just not going to show up anymore and I'm just going to fail it. And then I, dr- I dropped the major and I was like, oh, no, big loss. Woo. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my scholarship so, requires a 2.0 GPA. As long as I keep that shit, I don't care because I'm not using my degree. I'm actually using my music degree in the most appropriate way possible. I'm going to go work in a cafe for the rest of my life. So, you know. <laughs> For the, since y'all can't see, I just watched Katie Please choke on her water. Please don't make me spit my water on my computer. I'm going to really hate you if you do that to me. I had to fucking take a breath. Good God. <laughs> it's a good thing I can do circular breathing because absolutely fuck you. <laughs> oh, God. Because um, I'm a musician and I know how to circular breathe a little bit. Yeah, it's okay. I, literally, I keep making that joke at work because like half of our staff are like psych majors and I'm... And oh, I God. make that joke and I'm like, you know, you guys are in the same boat with me. You're using your degree appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is your manager uh, an English literature major? Because that would make sense. <laughs> no, actually, a lot of my managers are like business majors. It's weird. Or they oh, just like didn't go to strange. college. It's very strange. How dare you use your degree appropriately? What the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, fuck Get y'all. out of here with that nonsense. Out, yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know how the economy anyway. works. <laughs> anyway. You know about the um, trickle down effect. <laughs> You know about gentrification in the. I'm Why are you becoming Reagan? <laughs> what is happening? I was I was going more for Nixon. Are you doing Nixon? Okay, that also makes sense. He's got a little more of a gruff voice, and he's about. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. And he kind of waddles at those voice. There's a yeah. little bit of a waddle. Um, I always felt like he ate balls before he talked. I feel like, like he there was balls in his. He throat. like gargled staples when he spoke. Yeah, <laughs> just some ball gargling. Anyway, um, so I'm in my second semester. Um, I'm technically not a freshman. That is my freshman year. I'm taking history of Canada because yeah, <laughs> let's go Canada. I'm, also, shout out to our Canadian listeners. <laughs> hell yeah, I'm taking which actually was a super interesting class. I just I'll talk about it in a minute. I'm taking a, an English class. I have to take for my degree. Have to take it. Yeah. To get into the major, mm, required, and I'm taking a microeconomics class. 
Um, macroeconomics class. I it's the worst grade I've ever gotten in my life. I got a D. Um, I barely passed that bitch. But have D is passing. Be- have you ever made below an A at that point? No, I've never made b- below an A at that point. Oh, oh no. Okay, continue. Yeah. No, this is what I mean. I was a like a not a 4.0 student because I took college classes in high school. So I had an A minus according to the like GPA thing, even though at college it was an A. I'm still better. Whatever. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that another day. Uh, anyway, um, I had to drop the, can- can- the Canada class. The Canadian history class had to go because I learned that though I love history, I cannot fucking do APA. I don't know what the fuck that shit was or not APA Chicago. They had me using Chicago and I was like, Oh, bestie. That's all we use in the music. Biz- uh, if you ever need help with Chicago style, of, I, okay. Uh, Chicago I am manual great at style, APA. I got you. I'm great at MLA. MLA is what the, it's the modern language association. What English majors use. I've been doing that shit since fucking high school. I was like this shit. I got it on luck. I know MLA. Oh, I mean, and then the, they every, handed me everyone Chicago learns manual. MLA in high school. And then they're like, here you go. Chicago style. And I look at that and I'm like, well, this is some bullshit. Chicago style is the most nonsensical thing I've ever read in my life. APA makes so much sense. MLA is logical. The fuck is Chicago doing? What drugs are those people taking that they think that that citation style makes any sense? I'm still there. No, I know. And guess what? The entire music theorist like world uses Chicago for whatever reason. So every time I, I write a fucking music theory paper, I'm like, who, Why? who made this? Why? I, pl- I plug that shit into I'm not even kidding. I use uh, Easy Lib on Google Docs, uh, and that's how I use my. Okay. That's what I do my Chicago style in because I refuse to learn it. Anybody who isn't using a citation machine of some description, um, you're wasting your fucking time. Also, why use a you, citation like, machine. Like, you would have you would have been a character in the Scarlet Letter because you really love that self punishment. Yeah, I'm just. I don't. You're welcome for my English lit drop there. You're welcome. <laughs> this is where I tell you. Anyways, that I hate menta- that your book. mental health in college. I, I, your mental health in college. Yeah. So. Oh, that book is a mess, but I love shipping the two men, the two main men in that book because they were gay as hell. They were. Well, Nathaniel Hawthorne was gay as fuck, but like. Everybody in that time period was gay. All of the people writing stuff was gay. It's a whole, whatever. I'll talk about that later. (laughs) Um, I had a breakdown. I had a full on breakdown. I was doing so well. So, so well. I had an apartment on my own. I lived alone, had my own apartment. It was paid for. I didn't pay for shit. Um. This is where I remind everybody I was a very beloved baby of the family and I was spoiled rotten by my daddy. Love that. <laughs> <Work>. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, granted, I fucking earned that shit in my own way by just doing really well. And he kind of was like, as you do this well, I will provide. And th- therefore, I, you know, I negotiated a contract basically without signing shit. Um, I had my cat. I'd never had to take care of my cat on my own. And I mean, like taking care of the litter box, taking care of the feeding it every day, the water, the da, 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 da. I never had to do that by myself. I could always rely on someone else. Add that on top of I'm now responsible for cleaning everything by myself. I'm cooking for myself for the first time. Um, not that I didn't like my mother did not fail me. She tried to teach me how to learn to cook. I refused. Anything that I have not learned as an adult person in, on this planet is because I refuse to learn it, not because someone didn't try and teach it to me. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. My parents did not fail. I failed them. <laughs> I'm stubborn and I don't want to learn some stuff. Okay. It's just, it is what it is. That's what I, that's what I said when I came out. <laughs> I said they didn't fail me. I failed. No, I'm kidding. Oh my God. 
Get out of here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, so Lord. I come home one day. I have been awake for four days. You guys are talking no, no. about insomnia. I feel you, bestie. I feel I've, you, bestie. I've, <laughs> I have it. <laughs> I've had insomnia for many, many years. Um, but it was really bad. And it was the first time I was like in charge of everything. I was trying to hold down a job. I started my own tutoring business, by the way. So I was doing school full time. I was doing that stuff. We love a woman in business. I was having a very hard time managing my life. I was so yeah. hungry. I came home from school. I dropped my bag on the floor and I looked at the clock and I had 10 minutes to take a quick nap or eat some fucking toast. And as I des- tried to decide it, what I was going to do, I fully collapsed on my kitchen floor and just sobbed. And I'm not a crier, really. I cry more now, but I didn't at the time. So like me crying was a big deal. <laughs> I am a crier. I'm a town crier. I go out in the streets and I'm like, extra, extra. Sorry. <laughs> oh my the king God. has decreed. I'm just- <laughs> this bitch gay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so that I- was such a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta leave it in, though. If it's really bad, it's oh, making yeah. fun of it you. Was, it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting on the floor, absolutely losing my shit just sobbing uncontrollably can't breathe sobbing and i a little part of my brain that was disconnected from everything just went you're not okay like to me like me standing outside of me looking at me was like "Mm, i think you're a little fucking like freaked out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then i swallowed it i don't know how i did it i just stood up and i got in the shower and i like got clean and I went to work and I came home. I did my homework. I didn't eat for the, the third day in a row. And I finally collapsed. I think from all the crying and getting everything done, I finally just like literally collapsed on my bed and passed out for like two days, basically. Um, that was my breakdown. It was very interesting, very illuminating. Um, and then I was talking and then I was having another insomnia night, not many days after that. And I was talking to my sister and she finally was like, uh, you need to talk to mom and dad. Like, you're not okay. And we have a history yeah. of this in our family. And so she was like, you need to do something because this isn't working for you. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, true. And before I lost my nerve, I got my ass in my car and I drove myself home at like 5 a.m. And I like came in the house and we had an alarm system. So they heard me unalarm the house in order to make it in the house. And they came down and my mom says that she turned to my dad when they both heard it and they were with like, something's wrong. She's never awake this early. And why is she here? Because I used to always announce myself coming home. So they were immediately like, hmm, something's up. And then I just like was I basically kind of like halfway got through what I was going to say. And then I just started crying because I couldn't handle it anymore. And I was just like, I'm just so fucking tired. Uh, fast forward to I took six months off. <laughs> I'm school. It was one As quarter. Plus a summer quarter. I never take summers. Uh, I only did it one time in my entire college experience. I never take summer classes because um, that's for the fucking birds. Um, yeah. And I took those six months. I finally got a diagnosis. I had been depressed and anxious since I was about nine years old, maybe before then. But like nine years old was like the really like the, the part of my brain where I can remember there being a shift. And what I didn't realize So here's the thing about being a smart kid is that you're only as smart as you understand the world around you. So smart little me observed other kids 
and TV shows and happiness. And I understood that we do things on TV, like we imitate, we mimic. I knew that it was monkey see, monkey do, and that people imitate what they see. I was like, okay, TV's not real. It's all fake. So that means emotions aren't real. We're all just pretending to be happy. You pretend when it's appropriate. Bestie, you were mentally ill. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But really smart. (laughs) That's a that's a very like how old did you say you were when you realized? I was like about nine, probably. That's a very (laughs) profound thing for someone to discover at the age of nine. Because I didn't have that realization. Fuck. When is yeah? I was I was like okay, so everybody's faking it, right? I was like, so it's okay that I don't actually because I would observe the things other people were doing. I was like, I don't actually feel that. Like I knew I wasn't feeling what they were feeling on the TV or anything. So I was like, so we're all just faking it, right? Like the actors are faking it on TV. It's not Mm -hmm. real. It's not real. So it's okay that I don't feel that way too. Um, as a person who now feels actual joy, what? (laughs) Actual joy. That okay, so you brought that up, and I think that that's an interesting like avenue of conversation. I think that's something that a lot of people don't really understand is what actual joy is. No, because I think I that think we most people don't, and I, I think it really takes a lot of like looking into yourself to realize what actual joy and actual happiness looks like. Because you know what, like you were saying, what we see on TV, what we see in the friends around us, like we think that that's what happiness is. And we oftentimes look at happiness as like, do we have the things that make other people happy? I think one of the big things that are like pushed upon people in, at least in American culture and our society today is like relationships. Uh Like you can't be happy unless you have a relationship, you're in good health, your body is what you want it to look like, you're financially stable, and you have a hobby. Like yeah. that's, I feel like that's what's like pushed upon us is like, that's what happiness is. And that's not what happiness and joy is. No. You can have and, all of that and be the most miserable human on the planet. Yeah. I feel like, and this is, I had a very large like shift in figuring the whole thing out. I figured it all out. And those like, those six months were just like the starting block. It was like me getting off the starting block. And then from there. I did a lot of fucking introspection. I do. I did a lot of stuff, including therapy for a very short amount of time. I therapy is not my favorite thing. I'm going to go back to therapy soon, but it's not my preferred method. That's not to say it doesn't not work a, for other people. Big, it just not a doesn't. Big CBT fan. Um, I actually do like DBT and CBT. Both of those are great. They just don't love make cock and ball torture. <laughs> I'm ignoring you. I'm just ignoring you at this point. <laughs> Um, they just don't work for me all the time. I think sometimes they're good for me. And then other times I, I cannot do it. I don't know what it is. I cannot tell people exactly what I'm thinking for that to work. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a me, that's like a me resisting the process thing. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that it doesn't work for me right now. It may work sometime, but, um, I feel like people misunderstand that happiness for you is going to be a unique thing and really no one else in the world is going to exactly identify with your version of happy and like what you're 100 percent correct it's like a fingerprint or a snowflake that shit's unique similar not the same what is happiness to you (laughs) not to get too deep Um, but (laughs) i actually have an answer for this which is why i took a breath because i am my own happiness tell me more so um you talked about how society wants 
you to be in relationships, wants you to be with people. Uh, when I was a kid and people asked me to imagine my future, do you, know I, do you want to know what I imagined? I imagined myself sitting in a room full of books behind a desk that looked very important with a lot of degrees behind me and a cat. I didn't imagine a spouse. I didn't imagine children. I didn't imagine anything except success and solitude. Mm-hmm. I am my own happiness. I am the center of everything, uh, which is both a blessing and a curse, depending on what it, how you look at it. I don't really yeah. seek out relationships because I have a hard time with it, um, like romantic ones. Friendships are different. Mm-hmm. I do need friends, but um, I'm a very solitary, loner kind of person, and that's not a detriment. I am just very happy being alone. Like, I that's, prefer it most of the that time. That is so healthy, though. It is. That, like, it's that, very that healthy. Kind of I have a very good sense of self, um, which is why when you mentioned the scary dark time, um, the thing that I kept seeing when I finally did go to therapy and like talk to a school counselor and stuff, they kept asking me, are you suicidal? Are you suicidal? Are you sure? And I was like, I am not suicidal. I don't like being in pain. I'm here because I hate it. Fix it. I don't want to die. I want to not be in pain. Fix it. And I just kept going, no, I swear, I don't want to not be here. I want to be here. I just want to be happy about it. Make me happy about it. And they were like, okay. And it's never really changed. I had one moment not too long ago where I was like kind of sort of feeling like I was inching towards that mindset, but it never quite hit right. And I was like, no, I still don't want to not be here. (laughs) I am not familiar with that feeling. I think my desire to thrive is too strong. I likely get that from my dad. But I, I recognize that there is misery and I'm feeling that and I want out of it. Not that I want to not be around. Because like I said, my happiness is me. If yeah. me not happy, me not want to go away, me want fix me. <laughs> yeah. Caveman speaks okay, for everybody. So, right. I find, I find what you said interesting about that because so, you know, you mentioned like you mentioned misery in particular and like kind of your perspective on like you know you want to be out of this and so that kind of like not leading you down that path toward suicide or suicidal ideation or anything that's where being bipolar in particular I think that's why I struggle with that and I've struggled with it at multiple points in my life because for me especially when I wasn't medicated like bipolar is not a it's not something that can be solved necessarily through therapy therapy can help with managing some of the symptoms but like it's it's a hormonal issue more so than it is like you know sometimes sometimes depression and anxiety stem from something in your life and therefore that has kind of caused like some sort of trauma response that then generates that disorder later down the line and once you can kind of come to terms with that and identify it a lot of the time it makes the therapy process easier and you can come up with coping mechanisms and it doesn't really affect you too much into your later parts of life but being on the bipolar kind of spectrum for me it's it's an incontrollable kind of switch that gets flipped in my head and I go from all is right in the world or things are more than right to just like I just I want to end it and I have no control over that and it's a it's just a deep-rooted misery where it's every you know sometimes people describe the world as get like gray waking up and seeing the world as gray going through everything and like Eating food and food all tasting the same. Everything that you look at, you looking at everything and everything being to you just a muted color. And just things that would make you happy on a daily basis bring you nothing. Just a void blank, empty feeling. And there is a hole somewhere that you cannot, under any circumstance in that time period, fill. 
it is just a hollow emptiness that continues and grows deeper until either your hormones even out and you can go about your life like normal or you you end things yourself um and unfortunately sometimes that's been what my brain decides needs to be done and thankfully i have not been successful in any of that but very thankfully like you know thank thank god i'm on medication for that now but that's it's fascinating to hear when people have never experienced that because i think that's one of like that's one of the things that when we were saying earlier like whenever someone kind of minimalizes an entire disorder it's like you've never been there and when you've never when you've never been there and you know anyone who's listening to this who has been through that like that is that is a an indescribable feeling like i tried my best to explain what it feels like but that doesn't even skim the surface it's so hard to describe that that pit that just i'll never get out of this again i'm stuck here forever it's it's hard to describe what it looks like to look at the world and think that there is nothing but simply cutting my life short that will make this any better yeah like that concept in and of itself is so monumental that is such a monumental thought and statement to make that trying to describe that to anybody is nigh impossible so here's a question for you because i've never i don't know how i have avoided that particular doorway but i clearly have because i've never felt that way exactly but the everything else you described felt that and that was what i lived with for 10 years just Mm -hmm. gray there's nothing that fills it i'm just going through the motions you're exhausted all the time you have no energy for anything you barely want to eat you barely want to sleep and then you like swing back to i want to eat all the things i'm going to sleep for 20 hours there's no control it's just it's just this like monotone sound (laughs) just dread have you ever been through that and then known that you were approaching the scary door and figured out a way to bypass it and get away from it I I've learned the that's coping a, that's mechanisms for myself, but I don't I, know what it's I, like for you. So it, with it being a thing that's not necessarily triggered by anything in particular, it, it becomes rough sometimes. Um, but I I can oftentimes feel when like I know that it's it's gonna happen. I, especially one of the things is like with bipolar, it's it's oftentimes like a high followed by a crash, and so I've noticed like sometimes when I'm like, okay, I'm I'm being a little manic. Like I can, I can sometimes kind of recognize when those things are happening. And then oftentimes for me, it's a like, talk to a friend who knows that you have this condition, someone who like I've talked to about it in depth. I have some, a couple of my family members know, a couple of my friends who I'm really close with know. And from there, it's kind of like a, Hey, I've been, I've been kind of having some manic symptoms for like a week now. Um, there's a good likelihood that within the next couple of weeks I may crash. And if I do, I, I need a support system. And I'm letting you know that because there might be a night where I have a breakdown and I need you to be there for me. And a lot of the time what that ends up soliciting from those people who do care about me is just like a lot, a little more checking in than normal and a little more like just kind of trying to be with me in that time because being with other people allows me to not dwell on the things that once I get down to that pit and my brain has made that switch to everything is mauve and gray, at least at that point, I'm like, I have my friends and I have my community. And that's one of those things that to me, you know, I asked you, I was like, what is your perception of joy and happiness? You know, that's one of the factors for me is joy and happiness and is, is having friends and community and people I can rely on. That's, that's a big, big part of it for me. Um, relationship, not so much. That's a nice thing to have. But a lot of the time, the, the dark feelings stem from loneliness 
and, and a feeling that like I'm going to wake up one day and there's not going to be a single person I can talk to. Not a single person who like cares about me, how I'm doing, what's going on in my life. Um, or just someone who like just wants to be around me. You know, I, I, I suffer from that a lot of just like, you know, do people actually like me? Oh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it happens a lot. It happens a lot with my friends where I'm just like, you know, and being a content oh, creator, I get that all the time because I, I look at my community and I'm like, you know, whenever the server's dead or my friends don't respond to me, you know, it's sometimes I have that tug of like, is today the day they woke up and they decided they don't want to deal with my bullshit anymore? Yeah. Oh, that I get a lot. Oh, uh, we should do a whole episode on like interpersonal relationships. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can. That shit's rough. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a big thing for me is like, you know, I I I value my connection with people, my friendships, my interpersonal relationships. And I think I value my own success. And I think that when it comes to happiness, so I look at myself and I'm like yourself in community. I center myself in community and in my work. Um, OK, like to me, you know, podcasting, streaming, any of my kind of content production, like when I feel that I'm doing what I can do and when I feel like I'm tapping into my creative potential and what I can do the best, like that's that's where I draw my happiness from. Mm. And in doing that, community is a big part. So whenever I, you know, I can put together a thing for charity and people want to show up and do that, that's happiness to me. Whenever I'm like, do you guys want to come play a game with me and like make something funny? That's happiness to me. Whenever I know I can be like, do you guys want to like get in my discord together and watch a shitty movie? And people show up for that. That's happiness. Okay. Like, like that kind of like community and, and being successful, I think, because I'm a, <laughs> on a, uh, if you've taken the personality test, I'm ENFJ. So <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> the Myers-Briggs personality test. Yeah. Do you know yeah, mine? My, my, no, what is your Myers-Briggs? I am an INTJ. Okay. Uh-huh. That make that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, it really does. But yeah, I haven't so, taken so it being in a an e- while, yeah. but I've taken it several times, and I was always an INTJ. I retook it about a year ago, and I was still ENFJ. But like, so for me, that's you know that what because I think what that's the is that the protagonist? I think is the is like the term for that one. I think or it's one uh, of those. for mine. Um, no, for for mine, I think is I think ENFJ. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. So ENFJ personality type. Yeah, you're a protagonist. Okay. <laughs> so um in that I think comes with like uh leadership is a big thing to me. Mm, just kind of being the intellectual. Like, <laughs> I yeah, I think for me it's a lot of that just kind of like getting getting groups of people together and accomplishing a thing. Like that anytime that happens, that's where I'm like, I have I have peaked as a human being. That's very interesting. And that happens in my work. Like in my personal life, working in coffee, you know, whenever I'm, I, I do something and I'm like, I'm making a difference and I'm, I'm training people. I mean, my literal job right now is to train baristas. So, you know, that's, that's a thing I do. Um, and it brings me happiness. It brings me happiness to do things like that. And so whenever I feel like that's missing from my life and then my brain does a fucky wucky and decides to <laughs> fuel me with all the negative hormones, <laughs> then I'm like, oh, well, you know what would be a much simpler solution <laughs> than dealing with all of this. Um, and thankfully, um, although I've acted, I've never succeeded. And thank God that that is the thing in my life I have not succeeded in in any way, shape, or I form. I hope that's the thing you continue to fail at. I fail hope at. I fail miserably at that all the time. Every single time. Also, just in case you weren't aware, please contact me if you need me to be there. 
I, I have a wonderful support network and I haven't felt that way in over a year now and I feel wonderful and that is wonderful and, uh, I will repeat myself please contact me if you feel that <laughs> way <laughs> I will well and you know it's it's a I'm I'm good and I've, I've like I've I've been and I think in with all of that my mental health is my other like my source of happiness and it's a weird thing to say that my source of happiness oh you take pride relies on my mental you worked health. hard on it it's work but when it's when, when, when I wake up thing. and I well, you know, some people they they look and they're like, "I'm medicated," and that's a bad thing. I'm like, "No, it's not." Like to me, I, I'm like, I am proud that my like my 200 milligrams of lithium every night keeps me fucking chugging and ready to fight God on a daily basis. <laughs> I, I I live for I that need shit. Somebody to fight God for me. I'm just telling. You. And Somebody's I'm ready to fight, fight him on the me. daily. I wake up ready to fight him, and that's fine. And I'm like, that is that. I am happy for that. And every time that I wake up, color like. Ever since I've been medicated, colors are brighter. Like the world, the music is louder and it's more complicated and beautiful and great. Like every aspect of my life is so much better and amplified and wonderful since I have been medicated. And that is a fantastic fucking thing to deal with. And I know medication doesn't work for everybody, but if it works for you, by God, do it because it's so good. There was one medication I was in in college. I tried a couple. I never did quite find one that worked for me very well, but there was one that I was on. I don't remember the name. Don't ask me. I don't remember, but it was really good and I liked it except for it fucked with my stomach. Like, and I mean bad. I was miserable, like digestively. I was not having a good time. And so I had to go off it. But like, that was the first time that my brain was like, cool, chemicals. <laughs> oh, so, chemicals. So, <laughs> this and my is, brain was I'm, like, I'm, oh, bitch, you got energy, bitch. <laughs> and it was only so, like, three months or four months or something of it and it was so good but i just couldn't do it so i'm currently on my my second medication my first one was the same type of medication but uh i'm now on an extended release because i was taking a different type and the problem was i tried oh. to take that one during the day Ooh, so bad time. because of, cause, well because if i tried to take it in the morning because if i took it at night i knew that i would fall asleep and i was oftentimes trying to complete things at night so i was like okay well let's not take it at night let's take it when i've just woken up and i'm awake Problem is, when you take a medication like that and it all hits you at once, you get brain frog. Brain frog? Brain fog? <laughs> brain, <laughs> brain fog from hell. Um, and I just remember it was, I was just like, it was like the fucking mist from Dead by Daylight filled my head first thing in the morning <laughs> every day. And I would deal with that for a solid four oh. hours. And then I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I can function now. Great. What happened for the past four hours? Um, oh my God. And so then they got me on an extended release and I'm like, oh, life is wonderful. And I take it at night and I just fall asleep like a baby and I wake up the next day and I'm still got, still got lithium chugging through my veins. The only downside to taking lithium is there's a titration period because if you don't do it, there's a, uh, if your body reacts negatively with lithium, you get a nasty rash that can be fatal um, if, if you continue to take the medication after the rash appears. Wow. Um, so they were like, so they were like, we're going to start you on 25 and then we'll do 50 and then we'll do 100, then we'll do 200 and then we'll do 250 and you'll be a good bean. And I was like, sounds great. <laughs> it's a very slow, it's like two weeks with each level of it to make uh-huh. sure that your body can acclimate to pumping a heavy metal into it on a daily basis. Um, but now I'm I'm fucking on top of the world I'm wonderful (laughs) my my spending habits are much more controlled I don't go yeah I'm a lot more um stable these more frugal I don't 
I can't. A lot of people ask me. They're like, okay, so you're depressed and you have anxiety. I'm like, correct and correct. And now I'm currently seeking out an ADHD diagnosis sometime in August when I can get into behavioral health. This has been a long time coming. Um, yeah. But I'm not the one who thought I had it. A coworker did. And then I went and took a test at their request. And I was like, hmm, I see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Literally, I was working one day and my coworker who does have this and worked in the medical profession and then since retired and also has a granddaughter and another granddaughter and another granddaughter with all of them have ADHD. He was like, I need you to go take a test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm not this is not an insult or anything. But he's like, I think you have ADHD. Like, I'm watching the way you work. I watch the way you deal with other children who have you know, cognitive differences in their learning styles. He's like, you yeah. relate to them like a person who has a cognitive difference. Well, also too, like, let's, hmm. let's destigmatize ADHD because him, like anyone having to say, don't take this as an insult. Like that shouldn't be anything that's mm -hmm. an insult. I mean, ADHD is a very, very common. Yeah. It's too uh, super common, but he, I think he was uh, just trying to like, yeah. And not, and not, not to be offensive, with it, but it, I mean, it's a common <laughs> mental disorder, you know, and that's yeah. fine. That is, it's a, it's a cognitive disorder and it's fine. And so many people have it and they have yeah. medication that you can take. Or if you're able to manage your symptoms yourself, that's fine. Like, girl, yeah. there's so many people who have it and yeah. we don't need to, well, I mean, we don't need even, to be like, oh, they have ADHD. They can't do it. It's like, bestie, they can function. They're, they're like, people who have it are fine. You just have to acclimate to their needs. Like, they might need to take mm -hmm. a 20 minute break in between that and you can't talk to them. <laughs> Yeah, like, they, they might alone. get a little overstimulated and that's fine and you work with that i mean that's yeah it's not that I big think... of a deal you just have to learn to work around people's needs but anyway um i am going to tell you something very funny because when you asked me about the personality types i looked up intj just for funsies and there was a question in the google search and it said um what are intj females like let me read you the sentence Women oh who identify with the INTJ personality type are typically independent, confident, and happy alone. <laughs> they read you like a fucking book, ma'am. <laughs> they are goal-oriented and are constantly working on personal and professional projects. Professor Katie, you just got read like your fucking thesis. Look. <laughs> Look. I'm also a Capricorn in case anybody wanted to know. I'm a Capricorn. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. I'm an aquarium. I had a girl in high school who I went to like elementary school with. Like I'd known this chick my whole fucking life. I'm sitting with her in senior seminar and we're working on these fucking projects and we're sitting next to each other and she's like, Are you a Capricorn? And I was like, yes, I would cry. I'm a Capricorn. I would cry. I would I'm cry a Capricorn. If did that. Why? And she's like, You're such a Capricorn. And I rolled my eyes at her because I was just like, Okay. And she's like, That's such a Capricorn thing to do to roll your eyes at me about this. I would I was like, I Death. I, like, I would go full Wendy. Well, uh, fun, fucking Wendy Williams on their ass. <laughs> death to all of them. I would have. It would have. It would have been a blood. It would have been a bloodbath in there. What are you? What are I would have leapt. I'm an Aquarius. I'm an Aquarium. Oh, you are just all the emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Isn't that I'm Aquarius? A, I I am a I'm an obsessive pedantic weirdo. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> all yeah. I. That is my personality type. Throw that in with the ENFJ, and honestly, like I said, I was born to fight God. Oh. God had to, God had to make me colorblind, give me celiac disease, and make me allergic to everything to nerf me because I'm an Aquarius and I'm an ENFJ and I'm ready to fight the world. 
I really oh am. God. If I put my mind to something, I will get it fucking done. So he was like, mm, can't eat bread and you can't tell the difference between the color of leaves. Good luck. <laughs> I was like, all right. I was like, fine. Oh, my I God. Guess. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I don't know if um, you knew that. I am colorblind. It's a fun time. <laughs> I did know that you are, and it's great. But not everybody on the pod knows that. Um, not everyone knows that. I, my main thing is I found out painful. that Chief is colorblind not too long ago, and I'll keep being like, well, we can do this. Color- Wait, you're colorblind. You can't see that. <laughs> and then I move on. <laughs> it's my new favorite well, thing. Not that I'm making fun of their, you know, their eyes or anything, but I'm a little bit making fun of their eyes. <laughs> it's very mild, and it's very, it's very strange because it's like – I don't really, I, I can tell the difference between red and green, but I can't tell the difference between shades. Mm. And that's what well, that really makes gets sense. me. Unless there's, unless there's a very, very I stark have, contrast. Um, weirdly enough, on the opposite spectrum, um, because my eyes are blue and they're very, very light blue, um, I had a doctor test my eyes and he said, oh, you see more color hues than most people do. Oh my God. Yeah, no, literally, yeah. like, I've gone and looked at color swatches and, like, anything that's kind of in the green realm, I'm like, these are the same fucking color. This is I'm where like, I tell everybody the in the pod. fucking color. Uh, Chief has on a pair of glasses that are green, and I made a comment, oh, your glasses are dark green, like Hunter Green. And he w- and they were like, yeah, I didn't know it when I bought them. I thought they were all gray. <laughs> I thought these were gray fucking glasses, and they're green as fuck, they're apparently. Green. They're decidedly green, but they're very cute. It does not change how cute they are. I actually like that they're a color. It's it's bold. Yeah. Well, you you try being me in high school, buying these glasses, and then trying to get dressed in the morning. Wait, you bought those me glasses thinking in high school and they're still good? They're my backup pair, but my prescription hasn't changed since high school. You lucky I bitch. need new glasses. I need new glasses. I <laughs> need bad. to go get my eyes checked because I can't read my, the, my the prescription's TV fine, anymore. <laughs> I woke up one day and I went to go grab my, like, shut off my alarm and grab my glasses. And I apparently, like, chucked my glasses across the room, broke them in half. And I was like, great, back to the backup pair. They're, like, hella scratched. You can't ever tell on stream or anything, but they are, like, scratched to fuck. And I don't know how I see out of them. I get nervous driving. But that's because I'm gay and I can't drive anyways. I'm a wonderful driver. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> well, gays get a triangle, okay? And it's one of those, like, pick two of sides of the triangle and oh. you don't get the third one. You can, you can drive do math or astrology you can have two of those you can't have the third well i fucking struck out and i can't do any of them i can't read an astrological chart i can't fucking do math and i can't drive for shit okay i can drive but it's scary when i'm in the car like i can drive i'm I can an excellent the road. driver this cracks me up the problem um, the only thing is i, can't I do used to be very like a defensive park. driver and then when i moved to atlanta i learned how to be an aggressive driver because you have to be you have to oh, be yeah. in Atlanta. You can't be a defensive driver in Atlanta traffic. Chat, if you ever go to Atlanta and you decide you want to go five miles under the speed limit, I will be honking at you. <laughs> I will be honking at you. And I will be yelling in my car. I play <laughs> um, offense and defense. Hi, Lupin. The other kitty cat on the pod is here. It's the large boy. Um, anyway, I am a defensive and an aggressive driver at the same time. I can do both. I learned to do both. I was an excellent driver. I got a brand new car when I was a teenager because my dad was like, she's great. I do both, but I don't do them at the same time. (laughs) Like I can be defensive and I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop at the four way stop and I'm going to let everyone else go before me because I don't trust anybody. But you get me on an interstate. Aggressive. I'm I'm going four lanes. I'm crossing four lanes. Good luck, besties. I need to get over onto the right. Y'all don't want to let me through. I will get my ass fucking through there to get into the exit. Oh my God. You're the chaos I hate on the road then. 
Not okay, always. We but ever I, like, are no, in I the signal, same place. I signal. I'm driving. I'm just telling I sig- you now. I'm driving. I signal. I signal. But if you don't slow the fuck down and let me get over, I will force my way into that lane. Oh my god. Because if I chaos. signal, if I signal and you don't let me over, you're the asshole. <laughs> That's what I'm driving. You works. have a. You have a. Tr- no, if I'm signaling to get over and I'm like in front of you and you are trying to go faster to pass me and you're in the right lane, slow the fuck down, let me get over and I will be out of your way and go to the exit. If I'm trying to go to the right, I'm getting you to an just exit. just play move, bitch, get out the way every day in the car. <laughs> and, but here's what makes me mad though is I will do it like five miles before I need to exit. I'm trying to get to the right side so I have enough space to do things. And they just won't let me over until like the second mile, like two miles away. And I'm like, well, now I guess I have to fucking pull some Force fast and furious bullshit because y'all won't let me over. Y'all are being y'all cheesy are all, little cause, greedy bitches. Cause my thing is, my thing is everyone is in too much of a hurry to get places. And therefore I have to be aggressive to get to places on time in a reasonable matter. Cause I don't really speed. I maybe go five miles over the speed limit, but I don't really speed. But my problem is everyone else is speeding and everyone else is very aggressive trying to get where they go. Cause they're like, like, I left my house 10 minutes before I have to get to work, which is 20 minutes away. And I'm like, well, that's your fault. <laughs> Time management would be on your side. I have to get to a cafe 10 minutes away from me. I'm leaving 30 minutes early, bitch. Mm. Oh, I plan. Yo. I, pl- I get places early. I am the obnoxiously early person. And oh, I yeah. hate can I tell you, I hate when people are late. If you're late, I yell. If it's a reasonable reason to be late, if you overslept, if you got stuck in traffic, I'm like, fine, that's okay. Things happen. But if you're just like consistently late to everything, I fight. <laughs> I'm ready to fight. Because I'm like, learn to manage your fucking time. If I can no, do it, if me, hard. a mentally <laughs> ill gay man can do and manage time fine, if I can do all of that, you have no excuse. I literally have the world against me at all times. <laughs> and I'm early. And I'm early. Can I, I get a car- like- Can I get a pass? Can I get a pass? Can I get a forever pass? For what? I- <laughs> What's for preventing you? I am late to most things that are not work. <laughs> oh no, if I'm late to not- work, but it- only if they don't need me. <laughs> I am never late to work. I've never been late to work in my life, um, except mm. for when I lived in Korea and there was not a bus, and that was not my fault. Um, I tend to oversleep sometimes and or like my alarm won't go off because I'm a very because of my meds. I'm a very heavy sleeper now. Mm. So I set like eight alarms. I'm literally about to buy one of those alarm clocks where it has the vibrator that goes under your bed so that it shakes your entire mattress to get you awake because I need it. I need it. Shit. I, ha- I could have a fucking like nuclear response alarm like going off next to my bed and I would sleep like a baby. Fuck, that is not my experience with sleep. I sleep pretty well, but like when I do sleep, I sleep well. But um, uh, st- I use like noise machines and stuff to make myself stay asleep. Um, but I learned recently that brown noise, which is my favorite noise and has been for like a decade now. Um, I can't think noise. of brown noise without thinking of the South Park episode about the, brown note. The brown note. Yep. <laughs> Just power through. Power through. Stay with me. <laughs> I recently found out, and I don't know if this is verifiable or not, because I saw it on a fucking TikTok. So we're going to take it with a massive pound of salt. Um, they think that brown noise, specifically being at a lower decibel tone and not as high pitched as white noise, is what makes the ADHD people very happy. Like, it's the noise for them. And I'm like, hmm, this bitch been using it for a decade. <laughs> I have a few friends who are like professionals in like sound therapy. I should ask them. That. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if it's note. true. I have again, a friend whose voice is spoken brown note and it freaks me out. Oh, is it the same one I'm thinking of? A little corpse. Is it a line cook? <laughs> no, no, it's not a line. Oh my god, wait, have I told you? 
okay, swapping to gay for a second, away from mental health into gay. I was with <laughs> I was with a coworker and I saw a person a customer come in and they were hot. They were hot to me. To me they were I was like let like I will suck him off right here in the middle of the cafe. Good lord. Um, okay. <laughs> to which my friend was like, Is that your type? Interesting. And I was like, Oh yeah, no. I love a man who looks like a line cook. <laughs> Like, picture in your head what a line cook looks like. Like, skinny, lanky, probably smokes eight packs of cigarettes a day and comes into work with a monster energy. Yep. Okay. If you look okay. like that, get in my DMs. <laughs> okay. Suddenly, Heartstopper makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're obsessed with the brunette boy, aren't you? Bestie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Charlie okay. can get it. Okay. Joe okay. Locke can get it. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rein you in. You can let okay. your little pitter-patter you. heart do its thing. Um, <laughs> I have one final question for you. Go for it. If you had to give yourself... I just finished physical therapy, which is where this is coming from, because I liked the question okay. when it was asked. If you had to give yourself a score, zero to ten, zero being I'm in horrible pain, unbearable pain, to 10 being like i am no longer in pain i am pain free where are you at on this scale on an average on an average scale where are you at with your mental health journey solid seven and a half a solid seven and a half okay yep most days i'm vibing i'm vibing what do you think you could do differently to make that higher or what do you think could be different to make that higher Oh, um, it's a hard question. <laughs> that is a hard question. Um, I think that I focus sometimes a little too much on what others have, and sometimes mm-hmm. I need to not. You know, it's sometimes I'll see that like an ex is in a relationship and things things seem to be going well, and I'm like, oh, well that that messed with me a bit. Um, and I'm like, it shouldn't. It should be just fine. Or I'll see that like you know someone's like personal project that they're they've been working on is doing better than mine and i'm like "Mm, i should be doing more work and putting more work into that and it's not that way but i need to i need to be better about swapping my perspective on the spot rather than doing it reflexively and and going back and being like why was i like that you were being an idiot um sometimes i let it affect me too much in the moment and i've actually been working on that a lot recently but that's that's been one of them yeah, I think that's a kind of a main thing. I just look, I tend to look at other people's success sometimes and compare my own success to it. And I've been very good about not doing that as much as I used to. I used to be really bad about that. Um, and in the past kind of year, I've been working on it and um, I'm getting a lot better, but enough to the point where I feel like I can practice what I preach to other people. You know, I can tell someone else I can, because especially being a content creator on Twitch, like it's all about you know, I think where a lot of people end up failing is they look at their numbers and they're like, I don't get as many viewers as my friend does. And I'm like, stop it. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Compare yeah. what you've done to what you can do better. And that's it. Dope. That's, that's uh, it. And is... so when I, yeah, so I gotta, I gotta do better in the moment. Yeah. This is what, what I you, liked though? my, I love my physical therapist because that was how she asked questions about like physical wellness, you know? And she was like, what do you think you can do different? And I, I don't know. I was like, that could be applied so many ways. <laughs> I I took that as a learning moment. I was like, well, I'm gonna lock that away in my little teacher brain. I'm gonna use that someday. <laughs> Where are you? Um, this is a complicated question for me currently because I am currently going through grief. That's um, fair. but 
if you had to give a number on excluding this week on the last month, what would you give? I just mean like the last like two years I've been going through grief. Oh, okay. In that case. The last two years are kind of a anomaly shift, but on the whole, on my regular days, because when you're going through grief, there are days where you're just completely like nothing has changed. And so you feel more like how it used to be and how it will continue to be. And then there are other days where it shifts back and forth. So yeah convoluted well, I answer to, I, I like the uh i like the box with the button analogy for grief yes and it's the ball b- bouncing around and sometimes it hits the button and as you sometimes spend the ball more is time, bigger and it's always pressing the button sometimes it just bounces and hits it every once in a while yes exactly yeah. it's a lot like that um it's a really good analogy and it's one that i i use a lot i'm also a fan of like spoons so mm. i use the spoon theory all the time that one's my favorite um my mom uses it too, which is adorable. I explained it to her one time. She's like, I fucking love spoons. That's a great method. I'm like, yeah. Um, so for me, in general, I am about at a eight and a half to a nine most of the time, which is good because I used to be at like a two all the time, mm. consistently. Uh, for like, and I don't mean like some months, I mean years of time. Like, I think I was at like a one and a half for like four years straight. Mm-hmm. High school was not fun for me. I don't know about anybody yeah. else, but I was miserable. <laughs> we'll talk about high school one day. Uh, but that was like the worst. Um, but yeah. Uh, so for me being at an eight and a half, that took many, many, many years of cultivation. I could not have answered you eight and a half five years ago. I would have told you six and a half. It would have been quite. Well, I'm glad to hear it's eight much... and a half. Yeah. Um, I do have more or less good days than I would like right now like it's I've definitely noticed a, a, a downturn so it's more along the lines of like a seven ish to a six and a half sometimes now uh, but you know it gets better all the time it's fine I understand the peaks and valleys now I've learned to cope with it <laughs> that's good that's wonderful to hear ride that wave I talked about this in episode one I was like life is about peaks and valleys you are always going to have peaks and valleys mentally healthy or not it doesn't matter that's well, the yeah. nature of existence it's, it's to me learn it's to ride the, the wave <laughs> the, the mental health is what kind of like defines the amplitude of those hills and valleys exactly I think. I think that everyone experiences a hill and valley and that amplitude's like a one and every mental health issue you add on to that amplifies it up a little higher yeah um but everyone i mean and that's and that's the thing and that plays back to what we talked about at the beginning of the pod is sometimes you know you get depressed sometimes yeah. you get manic Sometimes you get anxious, but when it becomes chronic, then it's mental illness. And that's when you need to talk to somebody about it and you need to, you need to get some help. Also, I like the number system a lot. Um, I Uh, remember when I originally got diagnosed with like depression, uh, one of my things that I did with my family was we had a number system because putting how you feel on a given day is very difficult to put into words, but a number is easy. Number is easy. So I, you know, my parents would check in with me every day. Yeah. My parents would check in with me every day. They'd be like, what number are you at today? That's and true. that was always a good way. I always loved it. It would always just be like, hey, Chief, how's your number today? Be like, I'm at a five. They'd be like, okay, let us know if you need anything. Or it'd be on like, hey, I'm at an eight today. I'm it was rocking. a moment of celebration. And we were like, let's go out to dinner. Let's have a good time today then. Yeah, because uh, you want to keep the great. good times rolling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mostly say, I mostly ask that question because you're younger than me by like nine-ish years. Mm-hmm. I remember being your age. It's uh not a mentally fun time. I'm gonna tell you, your it's brain not. is still developing. Um, oh, yeah. and I chug and... alcohol into that bitch. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I kill brain cells on the daily, bestie. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um, not to be like the elder in the room, but I am the elder in the room with my crotchety oldness. Um, and when people say it gets better, it feels so fucking trite. I really don't like it when people say it, but it really does get better. It's a fucking slog. I'm not going to lie to anybody listening to this and say it's not a fuck ton of work because I'm 41 years old. You know, I'm at an uh, eight sometimes. Well, and the thing that I I try to I try to put into perspective a lot is like a lot of people think that for where I'm at in my life that I have it figured out for my age. And I think to an extent I do, but also people figure out things differently. And I think Mm -hmm. it's also worth noting, and I think I briefly touched on this in the last pod. I may not have, but like throughout part of my high school career, like I dealt with drugs in a way that most people don't. Um, And through that, I discovered a lot about myself. And I'm kind of, not to call myself an old soul, you know, myself, but like I've gone through addiction. I'm currently going through addiction. I've recovered from addiction before. I've I've had like those deep introspective moments of like I'm you know I'm I'm high you know I'm doing serious drugs and I'm exploring myself in a very deep way and I I came out of that and I'd say by the time I was 18 you know I was thinking about myself and my place in the world much more seriously than anyone around my age at that time was thinking yeah I've always been you know I I think that comes a little bit with the territory. Yeah, but I mean, like, I was I was 17, you know, questioning, like, what is my purpose? You know, what kind of philosophy am I going to, you know, am I going to be a nihilist about everything? Am I going to be an optimist? Am God. I going to, like, you know, kind of what my... Ever, also, if you're a nihilist, you're a bitch. There's um, nothing <laughs> more annoying than a teenage nihilist. I have never wanted to punch someone out a window more than I wanted yeah. to punch a teenage nihilist out the window. Oh Optimistic my God. nihilism, a little better. I'm kind of okay with I, that. That Still that that version of it, I'm kind of like okay, okay. Well, if you, I've I mean, because I, I I I kind of sit in that realm of like uh, nothing really matters other than what you make of it, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm like okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like we're I mean, we're just there like are little aspects f- of nihilism that are fine, but like when they really go hard on it, though. <laughs> well, I mean, like we're walking flesh prisons that prisons that walk around the planet and eventually we're going to die and get absorbed into the universe and our impact on the world is going to be very marginal in the grand scheme of a universal time scale but very very finite if i can impact a few people along the way then hell yeah bitch i'm doing it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah but uh back to what i was saying i i say (laughs) this is like it does really it really can get better and yeah Yeah, that slog fucking mind mind numbingly terrible um it's not a fun time i won't lie and say i had a great fucking time going through all the introspection and figuring out who i was you're not supposed to you're not really supposed to but like it's not not, it's okay that it sucks the idea the idea is that you get out on the other side and you can have mostly good days where you feel actual joy and that you can identify what your joy is and tell someone when they ask you, what's your joy? And you don't have to give them a blase answer like, I like, you know, you don't have to make something else, something up. Yeah. You can just say something honestly and be like, oh, well, to, these are my joy. If, this is if it. The, if the world is all happiness to you, you're doing something wrong. I, and and, and I, I mean, say that yeah. in that, like, if, if you're not experiencing any sort of hardship or any sort of concern in the world, then you might be living in a fantasy that's not okay. You know, I, I often think of, like, you know, 
say the Kardashians who haven't really had to deal with like real personal struggle. And, you know, if their life is rich and wonderful every single day, probably a reason for it. And it's probably hindering their development uh, emotionally. Yeah. Good thing nothing has been. <laughs> Good thing that's not true of anybody ever. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, it's 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 the hardships and what you do after the hardship that really defines you as a person. Yeah. And things things inevitably get better at some point. Mm-hmm. But only if you make effort. Mm-hmm. And that's that's and a qualifier. stick around to people, see the change. Well, stick around. And if and if it's something you can control then you have to do it because that's a big thing for me is I, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, you know, well, I'm unhappy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, can you control any of it? If you can control it, stop complaining because you are capable of fixing it. If you can't control it, that's just life. And you got to do, you just got to roll with the punches and it will eventually get better. So do you have a very special trick that you use for yourself? Do you have like a thing that you do? To maintain your mental health beyond like your meds, those routines, those things that you do consistently. Do you have a routine thing that you do to make sure that you're mentally healthy? A lot of a lot of self-reflection. I spend a lot of time on my own and I just use that time to just kind of like I meditate. Hey, me too. Do you do it every day? Uh, I try. Um, I tend to do it before I go to bed. I tend to just kind of sit alone with my thoughts, alone with the universe and just kind of think about things. Think about my place. Think about what I've done. Think about what's going on. Just kind of sit with that. And that does work for my mental health. Because yeah. that's my time where I check in and I say, what can I control and what can I not control? The things that I cannot control, I'm like, well, how long is that going to last? And I work through that in my head and I'm like, what can I do to last until then? And the things that I control, I'm just like, all right, so what are we going to do? What are we going to do about that? And then I move on. And that's, that's what you're supposed to do. And I mean, that's, I think that, you know, and non-religious meditation, wonder. Yeah. Or journaling. I, I do the, I do the journaling same thing. Journaling is a form of meditation. Journaling is a form of meditation. Oh, yeah. All of those, um, like, country granola self-help things where they're just like, put it in a thing and write it down. It's the same version as meditating. It's just a different format. It's the same shit. Yeah. And that's, I yeah. mean, everyone should do that. Everyone should do that as often as humanly possible because I tell you it works wonders. I love making lists. Oh, lists my God. Me. I love a good list. I, I love a good list. Five apps that are list making apps on my phone. Okay, I'm not that intense. I like I like a good pen and paper. And here's if you want to know what I do. Oh, I do pen and paper is, lists too. Have I have I told you about my stress management? Have I told you how no. I do it? No. Are you ready? Are you yeah. ready? Am I gonna be impressed? <laughs> a, potentially. So I take a sticky note or a piece of paper, whatever I have lying around. Especially when I'm like feeling overwhelmed and stressed. And I write down everything that needs to be done. Every single like as detailed as I can. In order of priority, like what needs to get done. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Until I stop thinking of things. I look at that paper for a solid minute, read through it, and make a mental list of everything. I check, I check, and I'm like, okay, what can I do? What can I not do? And I take that piece of paper, crumble it up, and I throw it away. Oh, that went somewhere I wasn't expecting. Okay, what does throwing it away do for you? It's me saying, I've written these things down. I've acknowledged them. I've acknowledged what I can do and what I can't do. And I have sorted through my head what I can immediately take action on. And then I've taken this list and I've thrown it away so that it can't haunt me. That is so interesting that that's because I got it. I got it all. I got it all out on paper. And then I took what is the physical manifestation of everything that is stressing me out. And I threw it in the garbage where I will never see it again. Okay. 
I wish my brain worked that way because that's fucking great if it works for you. Meanwhile, if you have a brain like Katie's, um, you do not write a list about it. If you write a list about it, it will haunt you until the end of time. So this is what we mean when we say not everything works for everybody. Everybody Not everything does. But if if you're, especially if you're a very like task oriented person, I feel like for me, that's my thing is my, my day is a checklist of tasks that must be completed. So if I just write it down. Yeah. I I just internalize it differently. It's weird. Yeah. That's, this is again where I come across the thing of like, we are almost the exact same person, except for there's like 15 degrees where we just differ. Yeah. Like, and, for me, and for me, it's because, again, it comes down to the like, what can I control? What can I not? Because I can't do 30 things in a day, 30 things that are stressing me out in a day. But if I've written them all down in order of priority and I can keep the mental list of the top five things that I can definitely make a, an effort toward and get done that day and I just throw everything else and reapproach it the next day. Oh, I'm thriving. Wow. <laughs> I'm getting fucking every. I, I love that that fucking, works for you. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I, 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 I will go balls dope. to the wall. That's what I do with content creation. That's what I do with my job. I mean, like, that's that's just my daily. And I, I kind of learned that through school because I was getting to points when I was taking classes my junior year where, like, I would get so stressed out by the amount of things I had to do that I would throw up. I threw up. I from will stress. admit, watching uh, Keith uh, manage the pod on the back end is one of my great joys. It's very hilarious to me. Um, we have very similar working styles and yet also very different and um collabing on this has been very entertaining to me <laughs> it's like well, a mini again, um it's... study in human behavior you know i get yeah. to just watch you how you work and it it has made sense to me watching you do this how you've managed your twitch career and all of that and how you manage your daily life um it's very interesting to me cuz you're it's yeah. very different from how i do stuff I get shit and done. I, and I, and really I, I have to. I'm, like I said, I'm an Aquarius. I'm pedantic and obsessive, and I will get shit done. Yeah. On God, I will. Unless it's <laughs> irrelevant to me. If it doesn't matter to me, like, bitch, today I did dishes. I didn't do dishes for like five days. Want to know why? It didn't matter didn't to you. Because I didn't need to do dishes. It didn't matter to me. So I didn't do it. But then today I went into the kitchen. I was like, this is fucking disgusting. I cleaned the whole <laughs> kitchen today, and I threw out trash. And I almost did laundry. I was about to. And then I was like, no, I have to do a stream. And then I have to record a podcast. Mm-mm, not doing laundry. Laundry is a tomorrow problem. I have clean clothes <laughs> to make me through a day. I'm good. <laughs> I am envious of this. I, okay. To be fair. Because again, it's that, it's that mental checklist of like, if I leave this stuff in the kitchen, if I leave stuff in the garbage, it's going to stink. It's going to smell. It's like priority list. And then like my content creation is a source of revenue and a source of happiness and pleasure. That's more important. Laundry, I can wait on and I will get it done because today's my fucking day off and I'm relaxing. This is where I really can see that like your your meds make you want to fight God and that gives you the energy to do these things. I haven't had a spoon, like a full spoon in like nine years. <laughs> I am tired all the time. I'm working on negative spoons from like 2011 motherfuckers oh, i don't know i'm, I'm what perpetually the fuck is tired but it doesn't stem from me like being it doesn't stem from my mental illness it stems from me overextending myself which is why for me that throwing away that's oh, wow. that's me saying you do too much you're overextending so you're throwing away at this moment in time the things that are overextending your energy that's that way you can and that way you can end the night meditating on your bed go to sleep wake up the next day and go to work and repeat your entire cycle again because if i don't do that I 
fucking insane. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating. So the thing that I do is very similar to you. Different approach. Um, I'm a witch. I'm a practicing witch. I meditate every night and every morning when I wake up. I also I meditate while I do yoga. So it is a um, in order to get myself out of my head, I have to move and stretch and center myself in my little flesh prison. It's the way I've learned to do it. And um, it's the way that works the best for me, uh, which is not super great because I'm also like physically not I'm physically ill. So that comes with its own like side effects of, oh, now I feel pain. <laughs> yeah. Because you first can kind of ignore it. Um, but I'm good at like tuning it out and stuff. Um, so I do that. And then my other thing is I do a lot of alone time. You, you mentioned that you do alone time. Um, I mentioned that I prefer the company of me, myself alone. and I. I love being alone. I love being alone. Um, where <laughs> you find happiness in your community and in doing activities with other people and in, in that, that is the opposite for me. While I do enjoy those things and they do bring me joy, that is not my joy. My joy is I'm lying in bed. I'm reading a book or watching a TV show or a movie that I'm really enjoying. And I've got a cat and I'm full and I'm warm and I, I'm cozy. That's my happy. Like that is, and it's raining outside. I am purely well, happy and, in that moment. And that comes There's with being nothing an I introvert. Could want. That comes with that, being an introvert. That comes with the eye. But, and, yeah. you know, that, that's interesting because I am an extrovert. But I, I've noticed about myself, like I draw my, my happiness and my energy from other people and from community. But here's the thing. I'm an ambivert. You can't, you can't be an extrovert 24-7. I have no. to recharge my battery. I have yeah. to. And the thing, oh, and, totally. and for me, I'm like, I can, I can work in a service industry and talk to people all day long. So long as my car ride back home is silent and I can be with my thoughts and I can park my car, I can go inside, I can lay on my bed for 30 minutes and chill. Then I get on my computer and I talk to my people and I do my streams and I interact with people and then I hop off and I go to sleep and I meditate and I do my thing where I am completely by myself and I am without others. And that to me is a fucking blessing. That's also why I don't go out to bars and then come home and stream. I just don't. Yeah, um, I can't why? Because do... I've been around people and I need my silence and my alone time. And I'm okay with that. And I can recognize that I need that. But that's how I do it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I do it that's on a like daily basis. That's like the manageable no daily life thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the difference but, with me yeah. is that I do the same thing you do, except for I need more alone time. Like my mm-hmm. quota is bigger than your quota. So I just need a bigger chunk also, of that by myself time than you do to like I also recharge. Don't my phone. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't either. know if I've told you about that. I have a hundred and I have a hundred and three unread text messages and about fifteen thousand unread me- emails. I just don't check them when it's important. I do, but I'm just saying it right now. If you want to get a hold of me, you better make it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I told a friend that at a bar recently. I was like, you have to understand that because of the way that my my brain and my like energy operates if you send me hey what's up in a text message i won't respond to you for a year i'm not even kidding i have people on my phone who i have messages from november 2020 that i have not opened (laughs) because all they said is hey what's up we haven't talked in a bit but here's the thing if you text me oh my god i'm dying i'm opening that shit 0.2 seconds i want to know what about what are you dying about are we laughing are we crying i want to know yeah or if you say chief Oh my fucking god! You won't believe this. I will. I'm like, tell me. Okay, the tea, so you're just bestie. revealing yourself as a gossipy bitch, is what you're doing. 
not they even like tea. I had a I had a friend I was like I was like honestly if you want to get my attention for something non that's like not during working hours like text me like oh my god I got attacked by a bear and I will immediately respond to your message if you say hey what you up to I'm not going to talk to you <laughs> tell me like I oh my god this. I'm well, getting thank you for the cheat code be like be like Ariana Grande in that episode of Scream Queens where she's like oh my god I'm being murdered send tweet I will respond in two seconds and I will be like, bestie, what's going on? Well, now I know the cheat code. Really, if you want to get my attention, you've got to just tell you've got Listeners, to get me the first message. Now you know how to get Keith's attention on our link tree. We have a submission form that you can fill out with like emails and, and give us suggestions for topics to do on the pod if you want. You can also drop a topic on our Twitter anytime, but you can do that through the email thing. And if you put a really dumb subject on it, uh, keep loping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm being eaten by penguins! Help! I'll be like, who the fuck? <laughs> and I will open that shit in two seconds. I yeah. will be at work and I will open it. <laughs> Absolutely fabulous. If you um, send me subject line topic for the pod, I'm going to be like, <laughs> you think I'm going to read that? <laughs> you send me oh subject line most amazing idea you've ever heard in your life. I will be like, how do I send money to this Nigerian prince? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a okay. mess, but I'm aware of it. But yeah, we are. The pod's, the pod's running a little bit. I think. Uh, do you have anything else for me, Katie? About I, mental health? I think my, my final thing is. You're not broken. If you have mental health, you can joke that you are. I joke that I am. <laughs> but, like, you're not broken. Most of us have some shit that we're dealing with for whatever reason, be it a chemical imbalance, a situational thing that caused depression, um, or just this fucking pandemic that we still find ourselves in. Oh, let me check. Uh, four years later? Somehow? Three years later? How long have we been in this? Twenty. Uh, too long. Too long. Too long. Almost three years. So long that I can't count it anymore. Um, and you're just feeling a little bit like your whole world is crashing in. Um, you're not alone. Depending, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what part of your life you're in. You're not broken. There's can always I, a way can I on correct the other this? end. Hmm? Everyone's a little broken. No one's irreparable. That's fine. Yeah. I We're like that. We're all a little broken. We're all a little, everyone has a problem. Everyone has something they can fix. But no one's just to the point where they just got to scrap it and be done. Yeah. Everything is fixable in some way or, or manageable. At, yeah, I was going to say, or workable. You can work with it. Yeah. Like, can, yeah. I am an unmedicated, pretty much been unmedicated for a while, bitch. I am surviving. Only every certain day. things in life are death and taxes. Everything else is fair game. <laughs> ben if you think Franklin really did do a good one there. Death and taxes. That, it's that, true. Yeah, death and taxes. That is all that you like. Anything else in life, it's your fucking oyster. You'll figure it out. If you think things it's are going to shit right now, it's either going to resolve itself or there's something you can do to resolve. And that's life. So that's my life. loving comment is, hang in there, kid. You, you know that cat poster with the hang in there? Yeah. Hanging off of <laughs> Hang in there. Like, I really mean it. With all my love in my heart, hang in there. You'll make it. Yeah. It'll be okay. And if you ever do need to talk to someone, you can. There are, of course, mental health resources across the fucking board that you can reach out to um a really good one that we talked about last pod was the trevor project um uh so if you need to reach the trevor project and you ever want to talk to them if you're in the lgbtqia plus community <laughs> i got them all in there uh call one eight six six 
488-7386. Or you can contact the National Suicide Hotline, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, actually. They are 24 hours English and Spanish. They are 1-800-273-8255. You can call or chat with them via text. Both of them are amazing. I've used them both during multiple crises. Fantastic. Fantastic hotlines. Literally so helpful. So helpful. Promise. I love that you've had, that you can like endorse it. I love that. I can, I can endorse having called both of them. Fan fucking tastic. Well, I don't love that you if had I could, to endorse, but I like that I you mean, have a, a if I can, if I could, <laughs> If I could leave a Yelp review for both of them, I would, and it would be five fucking stars. Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> I don't. Oh, nope. 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 Not, not entertaining that thought. So on that note, everybody, thank you so much <laughs> for listening to the pod. Um, you guys have been, like we've said in the past, so amazing. Um, thank you for listening to that first episode. You guys really inspired us to keep this chugging along to record a couple more, and uh, we can't wait to share these with you. And on that note, uh, I would like to plug that we also have another thing that is in the works, and we just talked about it on our Twitter this week, but we do have a Patreon. Um, and if you would like to support us on Patreon, we have all sorts of uh, fun little benefits you can get on there from giving you exclusive access uh, to content giving early access to the podcast as soon as we're done editing it we'll put it on there before we post it live on apple Podcasts and spotify we've also got um for our top donors you get some uh, some fun little digital updates that are exclusive but that being said for everyone who supports us on patreon we are giving you guys some shout outs live on the pod so we actually already got a couple of them so let me pull up our besties right here and tell you who they are Special shout out to our interfering gay, <laughs> D-Pilot, and uh, our obtruding gay, uh, Alana Brumhead. Thank you guys so much for supporting the pod on Patreon. If you guys thank would like you, to hear your you. name read out here on the end of the pod and me potentially fucking up the pronunciation of your name, uh, <laughs> feel free to donate on there. Um, really, all it does is it helps just give us a little extra motivation and hopefully one day hire an editor so we can maybe do these a little more often and then yeah. just bi-weekly. Um, that would be amazing if we could do that. But um, yes. thank you, thank you, thank you for that support. Also help gets us some, uh, some art and some other fun things that we might want to use on the pod. So Yeah, keep your eyes um, open for art soon. Yeah, but if you can't support on Patreon, that's perfectly fine. If you'd like to support us for free, please, please, please review this podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Drop a review, leave a rating. Literally, it doesn't earn us money, doesn't do anything like that. All it does is it puts our podcast a little higher up in the listings so that people can find us a little easier and come listen to the content that you just listened all the way through. And if you see our tweets on Twitter, retweet us and tell people how much you liked it. Get our name out there. Let everyone know that you're having a fucking great time being a meddling gay. We love being meddling gays. But thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.